Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 131 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading Matthew chapter 27 today, and our focus is on his blood being on us and on our children. Plus, how much is 30 pieces of silver in today's dollars? Well, our passage is long today. Let's jump right in. In our chapter in Matthew 27, we're going to see the ignominious end of Judas the betrayer today and the glorious apparent end of Jesus the betrayed. We will see Pilate's wife desperately try to convince her husband to have absolutely nothing to do with passing judgment on Jesus, and we will see Pilate lukewarmly attempting to get the crowd to decide to free Jesus rather than kill him. Now, I find Pilate to be a very vanilla figure, insightful, intelligent, somewhat discerning. Jesus perplexed him, but he knew enough to know that Jesus was utterly innocent and not at all deserving of criminal charges. He was shrewd enough to know that the Jewish officials wanted him killed out of jealousy, but ultimately Pilate lacked the courage to do anything about it, going along with the will of the crowd, even though he knew it was wrong. Pilate is ultimately weak, a person of power, like so many people of power. He lacked the courage of his convictions and led in whatever way the crowd thought best. Now, at one point, Pilate tries to get the crowd to ask for the release of Jesus, but they demand the release of a criminal called Barabbas instead. After this, Pilate asks what he should do with Jesus, and the crowd demands that he be crucified. When Pilate mildly protests about that, the crowd shouts back one of the most ironic statements in history, his blood be on us and on our children. Now, we find that brutal, but as Pastor David Platt says, it's not just this crowd that crucified Jesus. It's not just upon them, ladies and gentlemen, says Platt. I hope we've seen in various questions that we've asked ourselves that the scribes and Pharisees in this text are not as foreign to us as we might like to think. And so, as we come to the climax of the condemnations against Jesus, the denouncement of scribes and Pharisees and crowds who murdered the Messiah— we come face to face with a frightening conclusion. We are them. We have hearts that would murder the Messiah. And to think anything different is to flatter ourselves in the same way these scribes and Pharisees did. The old Negro spiritual asks, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer is, yes, we were there. Not as spectators, but as participants, guilty participants, handing him over to be crucified. John Stott said, until you see the cross as that which is done by you because of your sins, you will never appreciate that it is done for you. Horatio Bonner, the great Scottish hymn writer, says, it was I that shed the sacred blood. I nailed him to the tree. I crucified the Christ of God. I joined the mockery. Of all that shouting multitude, I feel that I am one. And in that din of voices rude, I recognize my own. Around the cross, the throne I see, mocking the sufferers groan. Yet still my voice, it seems to be as if I am mocked alone. We have all rebelled against God. We have all turned from him and from his word, supremely revealed in his one and only son. And no matter how sincere we are, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, We have hearts that warrant the wrath and condemnation of God. Now, when this crowd said, his blood be on our heads and on the heads of our children, they meant it in a cruel and bloodthirsty way that you and I might struggle to relate to. But the ultimate impact of the cross is that our sins are washed away, our salvation is secured, and the doors of heaven are opened by his saving blood being applied to our heads and the heads of our children. 
What the crowd shouted for in brutality is the ultimate grace gift of God. Now, one question that came up during our family Bible reading time tonight, how much is Judas's 30 pieces of silver worth today? It turns out that's kind of a complicated question, and it depends on what coin was exactly used, because the Bible doesn't really say. There are four main possibilities, coins that could be used, and their modern value in silver terms would be anywhere from around $100 to around $440, $450, just in terms of the value of the silver in the coins. But that doesn't tell the true story, since those 30 silver coins were used to buy a field, and you can hardly buy a field for a 400 bucks today. Each silver coin probably was worth four drachma, or four days' wages, which means that the coins would be worth around 120 days' wages paid to a laborer in total. They could also only be worth 30 days' wages. Again, it depends on the coin. So if we figure a $10 an hour wage, roughly, that works out to be around 2400 to 9,600 U.S. dollars in today's money in terms of buying power, which would be much more in line with what you could get a small field for in some places. All right, let's read our passage. This is Matthew chapter 27 in the Christian Standard Bible. When daybreak came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. After tying him up, they led him away and handed him over to Pilate the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was full of remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood, he said. What's that to us, they said. See to it yourself. So he threw the silver into the temple and departed. Then he went out and hanged himself. The chief priest took the silver and said, It's not permitted to put it into the temple treasury since it's blood money. And they conferred together and brought the potter's field with it as a burial place for foreigners. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him whose price was set by the Israelites, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus answered, You say so. While he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he didn't answer. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how much they are testifying against you? But he didn't answer him even on one charge, so that the governor was quite amazed. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted, and in that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? for he knew it was because of envy they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judge's bench, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for today I have suffered terribly in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders, however, persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. The governor asked them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? Barabbas, they answered. Pilate asked them, What should I do then with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They all answered, Crucify him! Then he said, Why? What has he done wrong? But they kept shouting all the more, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. 
All the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's residence and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and placed a staff in his right hand, and they knelt down before him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him took the staff and kept hitting him on the head. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they found a Cyrenian named Simon. They forced him to carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots, and then they sat down and were guarding him there. Above his head they put up the charge against him in writing, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The two criminals who were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left, those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and eh, we'll believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he takes pleasure in him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him taunted him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. And about three in the afternoon... Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When those standing nearby heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entered the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened... They were terrified and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him there were there, watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came, whom himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So Joseph took the body wrapped it in clean, fine linen, and placed it in his new tomb, which he had cut into the rock. He left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there, facing the tomb. And the next day, which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again, so give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal him and tell the people he's been raised from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Take guards, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. They went and secured the tomb by putting a seal on the stone and placing the guards. 
Amen. Well, friends, may his blood indeed be on our heads and on the heads of our children, that we might be washed of our sins and saved by his glorious grace. Let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of May, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.